Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a December 21st Wednesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host for the day. Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer for BlazersEdge.com and former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. And today, after last night's uh, ridiculous Blazers-Kings game, I'm joined by my pal uh, and Locked On Bulls co-host. He's also I also co-host a podcast with him that occasionally you'll listen to on this feed, Bulls vs. Blazers. Uh, but Sean Hyken is with me. Uh, to uh, discuss the insane ending to last night's game, which included DeMarcus Cousins getting ejected, then that ejection getting rescinded. And that was, he was ejected initially because it looked like he spit out his mouthpiece in the direction of the Portland bench. And then in his post-game interview was like very clearly bashing Myers Leonard and then got cut off by the broadcast because they were not okay with him bashing Myers Leonard to the extent which he did. And that was the Sacramento broadcast. Well, I don't know if you saw Eric, the uh, tweets from the woman who was doing the sideline interview last night. And she said that actually they didn't cut off his mic. They just like, it was jot like the, the, the box that, like to record it with was like jostled accidentally or something. Like she, th- there was like a reason for it. That wasn't just, they decided to cut off his mic. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. So, thank you for uh, clarifying that and correcting. I mean, you can. You me. No, can no. Believe, seriously, that that's can, important. But, but you yeah. can believe that if you want. But <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's the, the the official reason from CSN Sacramento is that is that they didn't uh, something got jostled in the process of cousins going on an epic rant about how the Blazers are trying to hype up that big man over there. And he's clearly talking about Myers Leonard because he looked in Myers Leonard's direction when he was jawing at the Blazers bench. And then uh, obviously when the the mouthpiece came out, um, I mean, Cousins was uh, ridiculous last night. And uh, I I think, you know, I have been – I have believed in the fact that I, I still think that Myers Lynn's probably the best big man on the Blazers, at least defensively, to match up with, with Boogie. But you can only do that for so long against superstars like Cousins or players at this level without, you know, getting some major numbers put on you a couple times. And that's what happened. I mean, Boogie just had enough. Yeah, and I mean, just that whole ending last night was just the most perfect encapsulation of everything that the DeMarcus Cousins experience entails at this point i mean like, it was, yeah no, good and bad he scored yeah. 55 points he was ridiculous but he gets he gets an and one 
he 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 score he he scores a basket. He gets an and one. But before he can shoot the free throw, he gets ejected for spitting out his mouth guard uh, at the Blazers bench. And then the and then the tech gets rescinded. rescinded. He gets comes back out, makes a free throw, gets a huge block to basically seal the game down at the other end. Like. And then, yeah, it just, all of it was just so, and then, you know, especially coming the same well, the, week as well, all the stuff with the reporters oh and all that stuff, like, this is just the most perfect, like, this is what's good and bad about the DeMarcus Cousins experience. It's, it's just, it's, it was all there. I yeah. love it. Uh, oh, man. Well, yeah, and, like, the tantrum running into the locker room, like, right, a, like, like a little, like a, like a ginormous baby. Like just literally, <laughs> but it's just like, but it's, it's everything that he is. He's a man. Like, uh, I mean, he's just, yeah, he's just so all of this and then I was chaos, watching, greatness. It's, it's just, oh man. And uh, I was watching it on the, uh, the Portland feed on league pass. And when he was coming back into the, out of the tunnel after they rescinded the technical, uh, Kevin Calabro was talking about how he was, he died on the cross and then was reincarnated and it's Lazarus reborn. And it was, I mean, that was, that was the Portland broadcast. That wasn't even the Sacramento broadcast trying to hype up the hero. It was just like, I was, I was surprised it didn't play like some wrestling theme music or something. Well, yeah. And, and, and when Calabro's, uh, I, cause I, I, so last night I had a men's. So the reason I didn't podcast last night after the games live, I had a men's league basketball game that I was playing in. And so I watched the game after the fact, at knowing what the end result was. But uh, I I'm think watching, I texted you, right? Yeah, you texted me what happened. Like you're like loving hip hop. Sacramento just went insane, just a crazy <laughs> ending last night. And and it, I mean, and the, the network whole, gods are looking out for well, us. Well, the whole game too, right? Like the whole the whole game just followed the perfect love and hip hop sack script. Like early on, Matt Barnes is like shoving Myers Leonard in the back while he's like trying to get in position to defend against Cousins, and he's just like giving these little elbows and stuff. And so they just start doing that, and then it's you know, then it ends with this big note with Cousins just going off on Myers Leonard. But everything about it was just so absurd. And Calabro's call when Cousins came back to the court to shoot his free throws was just that was most unusual. <laughs> like it was because no, I mean... it was it was so bizarre. It was just the weirdest end to a game. I am bummed that I missed the experience on Twitter with everybody talking about it in real time. But that game was one of those ones where you're just like, what is going on? I mean. All of it was was super absurd, and and the Blazers had a pretty good offensive game, I guess. I mean, Lillard didn't shoot well, but Mason Plumlee had a surprisingly good game, getting a lot of dunks on Cousins, and also, the, I mean, he got a weird technical there. Like, there was so much weird stuff happening in the game, like Cousin Plumlee dunks on Cousins, but like kind of hits him. And then Cousins flails on the ground and rolls over and just sells it so hard. And then and then he would Cousins had these great flops because he you know on one end he's bulldozing his way to the rim and then Plumley does like a little back move and it's it's Plumley against Cousins like and, and and Cousins just throws himself back and it's it was performance art it was just this mo it was just it was just an incredible display of absurdity. And it, so have you have you seen the pool reporter uh, stuff from the from the official from last night? No, what? No, I have not. So Brian Forte, one of the referees, uh, did the 
uh, pool reporter interview with our with our buddy Mike Richmond from the Oregonian. Shout out to Mike Richmond. Yeah. Uh, friend of the program, Mike Richmond. Friend of the program, Mike Richmond. He says, and so the question is, what was the initial call on it when he was issued his second technical? And Forte says, uh, I called the technical because I thought DeMarcus threw his mouthpiece into the stands and it ended up underneath Portland's bench. And the question is, why was why was it rescinded? And he says, I conferred with my partners, and they confirmed that he did not throw the mouthpiece and that it came out of his mouth, and that's how it ended up there. Oh, my gosh. So, so spitting his mouthpiece at the Portland bench is totally not worse than, or totally not just as bad as throwing it. Right, right. That's basically what he was saying here. <laughs> so just, just so we're keeping score, if you're keeping score at home, spitting out your mouthpiece is okay. Throwing it, not okay. Throw, spinning it out is actually more disrespectful, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why the like when he did it, the, if he had just thrown it, the Portland bench, I, I Aminu was hurt, and I and Aminu doesn't really get worked up that much about a lot of, about much. And when Cousins did that, Aminu got up off the bench in street clothes and was like, "Yo!" And he stood up, and that was what really pissed off the Portland bench. Was yeah, he he spit, um, yeah, he he spit his mouthpiece towards them and and is basically like spitting on them and so yeah it was super disrespectful super not cool but again very much the demarcus cousins experience uh in 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 several ways last night just to recap cousins's numbers 55 points 13 rebounds three uh, 28 blocks. shots too yeah. not even, he wasn't even like he took a lot of shots to get to 55 yeah he did have five turnovers but that was uh that was the the the, the blemish and he he almost fouled out as well uh decent numbers yeah very great numbers uh and the blazers playing without alf rukamino again and also without evan turner who sat out with a left ankle sprain uh they 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 lose again their lead for the eighth seed now is down to a half game over denver uh in the western conference which is not where we expected this team to be and Sacramento is just a game behind the Blazers for the eight seed after last night's win over the Blazers. So Portland, a team that I I thought maybe – I think you thought they would be in the playoffs, right? I think but, we both thought they yeah. would be in the playoffs. Yeah, I thought, I thought they'd have a chance to be a top four seed, kind of where Houston is right now, and they are definitely not there. Uh, they are barely holding on to the eight seed right now, uh, and they – look like a team that's going to be lucky to get into the playoffs. They have the worst defense in the league by like it's not I don't think it's close either. It's not close. They're historically bad. They're playing at a historically bad pace. Those things tend to even out, but they're by far the worst in the league right now and that's you know, that's what matters more uh, is, is how bad they are compared to everybody else in the league. And again, last night some of the same stuff Portland plays well offensively they get a great game from mason Plumley. lillard doesn't shoot well but again they give up three 30 point quarters in this game uh they held sacramento to 27 in the first quarter and then they gave up three quarters in a row of 33 points and this team just doesn't know how to stop the bleeding it seems like they don't know how to stop anybody consistently and part of that uh, again is with not having aminu but you can't be this bad. Like you, you can't and, and, and expect to be a playoff team. They played Shabazz Napier more last night. He doesn't help 
the defensive struggles. And so they're left to try and outscore teams. And then, uh, then they, ha- they get on a cold streak like they did towards the end of the game last night. And you see what happens. They lose the game. So it's, it, it they just, they, they are, are playing a very dangerous game right now with, with their defense. And it, I, I don't know how long they can continue to wait on like, well, Aminu, I think it's worse almost that Aminu's like been almost back. Like he hasn't had an injury that's been like he's out for a really long period of time. I feel like the specter of him like almost coming back and that hope, excuse me, not that hope of him almost coming back almost gives them a false sense of security to the point where they never fix the problems that they have. Right, and then it's all—it's also just kind of a problem anyway when such a big part. And I mean, Alfred Green is a nice player, but like, when he's that important to your defense and he's the difference between your defense being respectable and your defense being what it is, when it's so dependent on one guy who's not a star, it's kind of a problem. Yeah, it is. It is. It really is. And I—I I think he, the part of part of the reason why he is so valuable is that he helps balance out the lack of size that they have at the guard position pretty much all the time. And uh, he, he really helps balance that out. It allows them to play small and create more space, but uh, on the offensive end, but it, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's not a good sign when he's that important, but again, every, every team has, has players on their team that are, w- would be major injuries that they would be really tough. It would be really hard for them to deal with for extended periods of time. No, he's not uh, a super important. Uh, he's, he's not a star player, but I think uh, it, this absence has definitely confirmed that he, I think is probably their third most important player when it comes to someone who does all of the dirty work, because the Blazers have a lot of guys who are good at scoring. Crab is good at scoring. Uh, Lillard and McCollum are good at scoring. Evan Turner has gotten better. Uh, and, and Mason Plumley brings a lot of stuff to the table offensively. But they don't have anybody that's like, I'm going to be great at defense. Nobody on the Blazers does that except for Aminu. And that's why he's so important. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I mean, do you think the Blazers are going to turn it around? I, I mean, you obviously watch them more than I do. But I just, the defense is so bad. And like the, the bottom of the West playoff race, like they're, 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 they're a half game up on Denver right now. Denver is kind of, I mean, Denver is not good by any means, but Denver, like I look at it and see less of a glaring problem than I do with uh, Portland's defense. I don't see any reason to, be, I, I, Aminu being back, I mean, I, I just think there are a couple things. I think they'll turn around for a couple of reasons. I think, I, I don't, I think they'll be able to hold on to the eighth seed. And I think their defense will be able to stabilize at some point for two reasons. Aminu coming back is is the biggest one, but also the schedule. They uh, what are they? They're thirteen and seven. What are they? Thirteen and seventeen now. So they played thirty games. They've only played twelve at home. So they're going to get some of the. They're going to get some of that balance back in the schedule and. We know this about Blazers team from last year, and we know this about Blazers teams pretty much every year. They consistently have a pretty good home court advantage, and the fact that it takes so much longer to get to Portland than it does to pretty much almost any NBA city you know, plays to their advantage because teams have to travel a longer distance to get here. So I, I think that overall they will stabilize some, uh, but, you know, I, I – I am starting to lose faith in even that, just given the way that they have 
been so dispiriting to watch at times because it, it just doesn't seem like it, it either seems like they don't have their edge anymore or it seems like no one is surprised anymore and so by the fact that everyone knows what to expect it the some of the uh, effectiveness of their attack is just diminished because there's no longer a surprise there right yeah i would i would agree with that and i mean if just looking at the at the and just looking at the standings like there's so much less room for them to be bad because there's so much fewer and this is something that you know in the east i have this uh debate all the time with some of the other Bulls beat writers. I still, I mean, obviously I had a terrific win against the Pistons on Monday, but they had an awful week last week where they get blown out to two consecutive nights with the Bucks, and I still think they're a playoff team, and the reason I think they're a playoff team is just because I don't think there's very many teams in the East that are better than them. Like, there's Cleveland and Toronto we know are good, and everybody else is just kind of clustered. And in the West, you know, we're looking at Portland, like, there's more of a there are more teams that we know are good. You know, Golden State, San Antonio, Clippers, Houston, Utah, Memphis. That's six right there. And then, you know, they're kind of in this cluster with, I guess you can throw Oklahoma City in that group too, but, like, they're just in this other cluster with, you know, record-wise with, you know, the Denver, Sacramento, Lakers, even New Orleans at this point has kind of turned it around since Drew Holiday's been back. But, like, that that's, all those teams are fighting for one spot. Like, and I just don't know if, Portland is going to have it together enough to beat out all of those teams for one spot. I think for me, it comes down to the fact that of all those teams, I know their Portland's defense is, is definitely the worst, but at the same time, they have two star players. Yes. That, and, and all those other teams, I mean, Denver, I don't even think has one star player and, the Kings have one great one who also is uh fly can fly off the handle at any at any moment. So while the Blazers did lose last night, I, I think that if you just distill it down to like who the best players are, I think Portland has the two best stars, but for for them to do anything more than just hold on to the eight seed, everybody else on this team has to step up somehow. Uh, and and that's uh, even on the two stars too. They they've got to be better defensively, and and the Blazers as a whole just have to be so much have to be so much more connected on the defensive end. And I'm just not seeing any of that. You know, you, you would expect a team that basically didn't lose any players to have cohesion, and the Blazers have been the exact opposite of co- of cohesiveness on the defensive end. They get lost. They miscommunicate. They don't box out. They don't get back in transition. They do pretty much everything bad that you don't. They don't. They don't force turnovers. They don't do anything well defensively. And 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 even the stuff that I think towards the second half of last year that they made up for with you know effort and attentiveness, they're not even making up for those because those things aren't there. So it's just it's a whole, um, yeah. I, I you know an, another thing too. I think this team kind of misses Gerald Henderson a little bit because like. That, <laughs> I'm I'm serious because like no I know I get it because Henderson was a guy that like Aminu Henderson was a little more selfish offensively but he cared about defense first like Gerald Henderson has never you know I know he idolized Kobe but like Gerald Henderson for real has never like thought to himself to be anything more than a defense first player like that's how he's made his career 
And the Blazers just don't have enough defense-first guys. Like, they have a bunch of great offense-first guys, but they don't have a bunch of guys that put the defense ahead of everything else except Aminu. And and then we're seeing how not having Aminu really hurts. And so, uh, you know, I it, yeah, I think it's – um they just miss that. I, I think they just, it's an attitude more so than anything else. That 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 that's how I see it. They they just maybe lost a little bit of that defensive punch and um or that will to be good defensively. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, you've watched them more than I have, but I have definitely not liked what I've seen from them defensively. Right. I mean. I mean. Yeah. And and it, missing Gerald Henderson. Right. I mean, it's a little. It's a little. It's a little much of a jump, but they do. I think having that balance of guys um, was really important for them last year, and uh, I ju- I'm just not sure that they have that. I know Harkless um, plays defense first, uh, but um, I, it just seems like Aminu is, is is goes more out of his way to be good at defense and. Uh, the Blazers just don't have enough of those guys, I think, right now, or not enough of the guys on their roster are putting defense first because they don't have trouble scoring. Damon CJ can take care of the offense, and Plumlee can help there too. But I, I, I just think that someone, their role players need to change. Uh, they have to prioritize a little bit differently, I think, is, is how I'm feeling right now. But again, this could be just an injury thing. But. This happens too. They, they they just had great injury luck last year, and I think it's probably hard for people to realize that as well. Right. They had great injury luck. They also maybe just overachieved in general last year. Yeah. Like, I think that's very possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the guys that you would have convinced me as someone who overachieved would have been CJ. I would have been like, wow, okay, yeah, CJ had – but he's gotten better. So it's, he's it, – right, oh, he, his – what he did last year is legit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like – so it's like – so CJ is legit. So w- at what point do you come, if you're the Blazers, before you're like, okay, we have Dame and CJ locked up for like four or five years. Mm-hmm. You know, what? at what point do you start thinking about not necessarily – not a fire sale, so to speak, but – maybe moving on from some of these role guys or trying to put them in other situations where maybe they don't want to be a role player with Damon CJ their whole career, you know? Maybe they need to look in other directions to get guys around them. I Because they did pay a lot for this core, but I don't think that their guys are completely untradeable if they, if they reach that point. But I, I do wonder whether this season may make Olshea and the Blazers management maybe reevaluate the type of core that they want to have around Damon CJ because I feel like keeping Damon CJ is is a pretty good plan. I I because I, they've been pretty good, but maybe maybe it's not. I, I'm not sure, but I wonder at one point maybe they they think about uh, changing the supporting cast rather than changing Damon CJ because I think they have something good there. I just think maybe they need to re. They, they, they might have to start thinking about revamping what's around them quicker. Right, and I mean, all this might be easier to pull off if they hadn't just given $70 million to Evan Turner. That's a thought, but... Yeah, it, it, it would be easier to uh, make moves uh, if Turner hadn't uh, signed a, a big deal 
But yeah, and they hadn't used all their cap space, and they, and they weren't capped out. It would be easier to make those moves. Um, and also, Alan Crabb has a trade kicker, and uh, can't be traded until July uh, of next year. So they can't really move that quickly if they want to move that quickly this year. So um, while I think that this season and this start and how they've played so far, um, and 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 how some of the role guys have played. Uh, may make the Blazers think about it sooner rather than later. I think given the signings and given the situation, they can't, and, and given all the tra- the holds that they have with trading guys and all that stuff, they can't really make a move right now, I don't think. Right. Uh, I just, it just, it would be too hard right now, but I think down the line, you know, clearly this core is not going to be what's going to get them back into contention. I think it's pretty easy to say that at this point. Yeah, I think I I think they've got something good with Dame and CJ. Uh, I think they I think they have something really good going on with Harkless. They, and this is the other this is the other trouble spot about the Blazers is that the guys that they have that are the players that have played the best for them are the guys that are on their lowest cost contracts. It's not the guys that they paid a lot of money to. It's you know, Aminu provides great value and Harkless provides great value. And both of those guys are at cheap deals compared to what Turner and Crab are making. Right. And so because of that, those are going to be more attractive trade assets to other teams than, you know, Turner and Crab. But, you know, they're not going to be able to get as much for Turner and Crab. Yeah. So the, this is kind, so of, it's kind of a tough spot to be in. Yeah. Portland's in a really, really tough spot. I don't envy uh, Neil O'Shea at all. Uh, in the situation that he's in right now, because, you know, I, I, I think that he had to do, uh, I, I, I think signing someone using that cap space, I totally see where he is, where Portland is as a market and where they were. And probably while, you know, and, and I'm sure that Paul Allen wanted to use that cap space and sign somebody. And so I totally see that, but I don't envy him in the position now where, you know, these guys were in position, you know, the Brooklyn offer sheet happened. I'm sure it wasn't his first choice to offer Alan Crabb $75 million, but Brooklyn came in there with an aggressive offer. They chose to match. And now you know, Portland's in a pretty tough spot where all those guys that they paid are not playing like the way they got paid. And, uh, the guys that are playing well, aren't getting paid a lot. So yeah, it's a very, uh, it's a very tough scenario to be in for Portland. And, I think right now the best hope that they have is that coming home for a little while will uh, help smooth things over. But you know they have Dallas tonight, which is a an e- should be an easier game. The, Dirk isn't playing either, who who typically gives the Blazers a lot of trouble. So Portland should win this. But again, uh, the way they've been playing, the way their defense is, nobody is out of a game against Portland. So um, we may have to revisit how bad things are again in less than twenty four hours. <laughs> Um, but, and, and they got some tough games here too. Uh, um, they got the Spurs on the 23rd and then they got the Raptors the day after Christmas. So while they are getting to be at home, uh, they aren't going to have easy games while they're here. So, uh, Sean, uh, anything, uh, that you're uh, working on, anything that you want to alert the people to, uh, I think we're going to do a Bulls versus Blazers tomorrow. Yeah, make sure you're make sure you're on the lookout for the Bulls versus Blazers. There's a lot of network stuff. We only talked about the the last two parts of the last two minutes of this game as far as Love and Hip Hop Sacramento, but I, there's been more stuff going on with them lately. 
Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's so much love in hip hop. Sacramento has been going on, man. Like the 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 reporter Aaron thing. Aflalo, Aaron Aflalo refusing to come into the game. It was it's so good, dude. Yeah, Aaron Aflalo, another uh, Blazers another, legend. Another Blazer legend. Yeah, um, and low key a, a good star of our shows because he he kind of had it out with the Knicks last year too. Like he, I, I remember they they benched him towards the end of last season. And he was just like, and he, he did not like what was happening there. It seems like he's definitely good at, at st- you know, stirring things up. Yeah. He's been on some network shows. No, absolutely. Yeah. Network superstar Aaron Aflalo. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, not sure when things are going to get better for the Blazers. That's that's all I can definitely, that's all I can definitively say is that we have no idea when things will get better, if they will get better. So, uh, thanks for listening. This is, Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Five-star Boom. reviews only. Five-star reviews only. Um, yeah, tweet at us, at Locked On Blazers. Tweet at me, at Eric underscore Gunderson. You can tweet at Sean, at Hyken, and follow all of his stuff over at The Athletic. And uh, check out pod- the Locked On all Bulls the podcast. Locked On Bulls podcast and Bulls versus Blazers. So, um all right. Well, uh, that's it for us, and we'll catch you later.